0: Well, when you woke up this morning, did you immediately start thinking about Bible prophecy? (laughs) Not likely. I mean, after all, there's work, family, breaking news, economic instability, political uncertainty. Well, most people have enough to worry about right here and now. So why should they care about Bible prophecy? How does it impact my life today? Well, welcome to Christ in Prophecy with your host, Tim Moore, director and senior evangelist for Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry whose purpose it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ to as many people as possible, as quickly as possible. I'm your co-host, Nathan Jones, internet evangelist for Lamb and Lion Ministries. Well, Tim, you didn't grow up understanding and being immersed in Bible prophecy, right? Was it something that you actually thought much about?
1: You know, Nathan, I did not give much thought to Bible prophecy. I did grow up in church, but I think like most churches today, Bible prophecy was rarely mentioned. It was just not a topic that came up. You know, I got involved with Lamb and Lion Ministries when I heard someone finally make the connection to how the Bible speaks to our daily lives and the events that are going on all around us. And so today, we're going to talk about our ministry, its founding, and its faithfulness over the years. Yes, about Bible prophecy and its relevance and what's really going on in the world today. And I think you will see that Bible prophecy is indeed relevant and that it does impact your life right now, right here, and in the future as well.
0: All right. Well, it's going to be a helpful conversation, and we'll get underway in just a moment. In the meantime, to find out more about Lamb and Lion Ministries, we'd like to invite you to come to our website, ChristinProphecy.org. There you'll find a wealth of information, our weekly TV programs, Christ and Prophecy, our Truth Will Set You Free podcasts, we have many articles, prophetic perspectives videos, social media you can sign up for, and even our e-newsletter, which it'll give you a bi-weekly update on what's going on in the world from a prophetic point of view.
2: Did you know that fulfilled prophecy is unique to the Word of God? Only the Bible contains the revelation of God and foretells future events. In fact, fulfilled prophecy validates the trustworthiness of the Bible. Every week on Christ in Prophecy, your hosts, Tim Moore and Nathan Jones, examine God's Word and reveal the prophetic hope for those who believe in Jesus Christ, as well as the Bible's warning about God's coming wrath to those who don't know Him yet. To learn more, visit our website at ChristinProphecy.org.
0: Well, welcome back to Christ in Prophecy. Well, Tim, we're talking about the relevance of Bible prophecy. You know, sometimes it seems that life is just continuing on as usual. You know, you get up, you go to work, you come home, you play with the kids, you go to bed, and we just repeat that over and over and over again. But God's at it work, right? I mean, he's given us something to look forward to that helps us break out of the routine.
1: Yeah, a routine otherwise known as a rut if you're not careful because yes, there is a continuity of life and there is some kind of a a a sense that we like routine. All of us do. I don't like to get out of my routine. I'm a creature of habit. But mm, me too. But you begin to wonder, what is there beyond the daily grind? And so Bible prophecy gives us a perspective from what I call a God's eye view. I'll use this analogy. If you and I were driving down the road on a highway, perhaps not the one we were on together recently, so curvy, but a, a long stretch of highway. <laughs> Car sickness. Yeah, I remember that uh, infecting you. But we wouldn't know what's coming up 10 or 20 miles down the road, perhaps even around the next curve, that there's a major wreck or a a road construction that's going to delay our travel. But if you got in an airplane and flew thousands of feet into the air, you'd be able to look not only straight down and see where we are, but where we're going. God, with his perspective, has been able to give us a God's eye view of not only where we are, but where we are going. And so he has revealed that to us if we just have uh, the time and the the interest to open his word and read it to understand what he has wanted us to understand, again, from ages past. Oh, and that's what makes Bible prophecy so relevant.
0: And I love that, what you said, the 30,000-foot view, that we can look down over all of human history and see that Hey, it's not going to keep going on and on the same like it's been this rut that you were talking about. But there's a destination, and that destination is that the king of kings and lord of lords is going to return to this earth, defeat evil, and set up his kingdom, and he'll rule and reign from Jerusalem for a thousand years. And I find that Bible prophecy is so relevant because it helps put into focus the purpose of our lives and the direction of our lives, and it prioritizes what we do each day, the things that are more important, not the things that just get us by each day.
1: You know, it's easy for us to think that we're just plotting along, as we've already discussed, and to begin to wonder, and I know the world, uh, the unbelieving world, doubts that God really is in control. If he's in control, why does this happen? If he's really in control, why do people suffer? And yet, prophecy assures us that God is indeed in control. You know, you can go to Isaiah chapter 46, where God says, Remember the former things from long past. In other words, have understanding just from what has transpired in the past. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying, My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure." And as we talked about last week, you either believe God or you don't. But if you believe him, you have to trust that he will walk, work all things together for good for those who love him. And indeed, those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ know that he indeed is working all things together for good. Absolutely.
0: I mean, so we know that the direction of the history is going is Christ's victory. We know that God is in control. And I love that this verse, 2 Timothy 3.16— All scripture is given by inspiration of God, or other translations say God breathe. Isn't that Mm. God breathe? It's what? It's profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And what does it do? It makes sure that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the study of prophecy, which is scripture, is valuable for all those
1: reasons. It certainly is. And yet we have recognized, and you mentioned even today in our opening, that most churches ignore Bible prophecy. And tragically, many Christians relegate it to uh, something they don't really want to delve into because it seems scary, are difficult to understand. In our case, uh, Lamb & Lion Ministries was founded in 1980 by Dr. David Reagan because he felt a call to proclaim the Lord's soon return. And for the last number of years, since 1980, we have been faithful to open God's Word, His entire Word, and point people to the prophetic passages that indeed indicate that Jesus is coming soon. We talked about the signs of the times last week. We'll revisit that topic over and over again because they're multiplying all around us in what you described as birth pangs, uh, citing Jesus Christ. And so we can see the signs converging and accelerating before our very eyes in this day and age. What an exciting time to live if we'll open our eyes and see what God has already revealed would point to his son's soon return. Absolutely. We find Bible prophecy so relevant and so important
0: that, like you said, 1980, David Reagan founded Lamb and Lion Ministries. You and I have dedicated our lives now to teaching Bible prophecy. So we want that same excitement to be with other people as well. And we do that uh, primarily because Bible prophecy is a wonderful apologetic, fulfilled Bible prophecy, only the Bible has fulfilled prophecies, which means that the Bible is the word of God, and therefore we can trust it, we can put our faith in it, and what it teaches, that Jesus Christ is our Savior.
1: You know, I've heard churches uh, who, when asked to stand for the reading of God's word, uh, the reading will close out by saying, the word of God for the people of God. Mm -hmm. And really, it's not certain portions of Scripture. It's not just the red letters. It's all of Scripture that has been revealed by God for the people of God. We trust that you, if you're listening today, are among that great throng. If you're not, we hope by the end of this program, you will put your trust into Jesus Christ and the promise of his return and of your eternal salvation. But coming up in just a moment, we'll give you a fresh update on what's really going on in the world today and how it relates to our topic, Bible prophecy. Stay tuned.
2: To find out what's really going on in the world, keep listening to Christ in Prophecy, your weekly perspective on the signs of the times through the lens of God's prophetic Word. Your hosts are Tim Moore, Senior Evangelist for Lamb & Lion Ministries, and our internet evangelist, Nathan Jones. Lamb & Lion is a non-denominational ministry whose purpose is to proclaim to as many people as possible, as quickly as possible, that Jesus is returning soon. To find out more, go to ChristinProphecy.org.
1: There have been two major obstacles to the preaching of the Gospel, Communism and Islam, both religions of Satan. And let me tell you, if you know anything about either one of them, you know that the obstacles to preaching the Gospel under Islam have always been much greater than the preaching of the Gospel under Communism. Communism tolerated Christianity. Oh yes, it persecuted it, yes it made life difficult, but it tolerated Christianity. Islam does not tolerate it. In most Islamic countries today, to convert from Islam to Christianity is a death sentence. Communism has collapsed, and the former communist areas are now open to the gospel. The final barrier to overcome is Islam.
0: Thank you for tuning
1: in again, and what you heard was a spot from our founder, Dr. David Reagan, recorded almost 45 years ago. Seems like the more things change, the more they stay the same. So this ministry was founded in 1980, at the founding of Lamb and Lamb Ministries, there were a number of Americans being held hostage in Iran. Of course, the Carter administration dithered over how to respond to that great offense, and only after Ronald Reagan was sworn into office, the very same day were the hostages released. And Iran has been a thorn in the world side and obviously in America's side ever since. They were behind the bombing of the Marine barracks in Beirut, Lebanon when the United States was trying to just offer an opportunity for peace to the people of Lebanon. And they've been a source of terrorism ever since. So here we are, this many years later, and once again, Iran is in the headlines as being a fomenter of terrorism and of instability. And yet scripture says that in the fullness of time, Iran will align with other malevolent nations, including Russia, to come against Israel. And so all of this was foretold. And we can see that when Nations like Iran uh, pursue a, an ideology and really, as you said, a theocracy, a religious fervor that takes them more and more to a, an attitude of hatred, not only of Jewish people but of Christians, then they act out on those, uh, those inspirations, if you will, and they become a fomenter of great violence around the world. what's interesting about Bible prophecy is most people think that there's just
0: one end times war, and that's the Battle of Armageddon. It will happen at the end of a seven-year tribulation. But the Bible prophesies in two chapters, Ezekiel 38 and 39. It's the longest prophetic battle explained in the entire Bible, where the leader of Russia will get a coalition of nations, which includes Iran, Turkey, the Stan Nations, Sudan, Ethiopia, and Libya, and they will come against Israel. And so with an army, that big, that overwhelming, there's no way that the Israel's IDF could possibly stop it. What miraculous thing happens at the end of the Gog-Magog War?
1: Yeah, at the end of the Gog-Magog War, it says that the Lord intervenes supernaturally and defeats those allied nations, or the Axis nations, we would call them, on the mountains of Israel. And even the Jewish people, the Israelis, recognize that their deliverance was absolutely miraculous. We could assert that all of Israel's wars of the last 75 years have been won miraculously, but there is a delusion even over most uh, Christians and most Jewish people that God intervened dramatically already. It will be so obvious when he defeats those enemies on the mountains of Israel, and of course they will gather the weapons and use them for fuel for seven years. Folks, we can understand how world events are swirling to a conclusion that was prophesied in Scripture so long ago if we have eyes to see, ears to hear, and if we'll open, study, and believe the Word of God.
0: Yes. What's fascinating about the result of the Gog-Magog War is not only does God use supernatural means, earthquakes and fires, and turns the nations on each other, but he sends fire back on those nations and destroys them. So prophecy teaches us that Iran in its great hatred of the Jewish people will be met directly by God in the destruction of that nation, correct?
1: It certainly will. As a matter Mm. of fact, in the Old Testament, the Lord holds out specific judgment against those nations, even that dare to say, aha, when the Jewish people are being disciplined by the Lord God. He says, I will discipline you as a son. And so when the Lord is disciplining uh, disciplining his people, uh, the Jews, we cannot say, aha, as in you deserve that. We have to respect the word of God and those nations and those individuals that uh, deny his providence and his protection of his people. It certainly will receive his indignation and his judgment. We just have to make sure that we stay on the right side of history and the right side of Scripture. Stay tuned. In just a moment, we'll come back to talk more about the relevance of Bible prophecy.
0: Well, welcome back. We're talking today about the relevance of Bible prophecy. Okay, Tim, I know people are out there. They're hearing us. They're like, ugh. Why should I care about Bible prophecy? After all, how does it impact my life in the here and now?
1: Well, that is actually a good question, Nathan, and one that I would share if I hadn't gotten so enthusiastic about studying Bible prophecy, but the more I study, the more I realize that it is relevant. In other words, if I looked at the newspaper on a daily basis or watched the news, I could get very discouraged, almost to the point of depression, because the world seems to be going to hell in a handbasket, Mm. And, and quite literally, some people even rejoicing over that eternal destination. It would be very discouraging but when I read the Word of God from a prophetic perspective, I realize that all of this was foretold. God is still in control, and that he will weave even the malign actions of the nations, let alone individuals, into his will so that all comes to pass just as he has foretold. Amen, amen.
0: You know, folks, it's fascinating about prophecies. That, let's just take the prophecies concerning Jesus' first coming. There were 300 in general and 109 specific prophecies about Christ's first coming. In other words, all 109 were fulfilled in great detail. But the Bible says that there's 500 prophecies in the Old Testament and one in 25 verses in New Testament that prophesied Jesus's second coming. Matter of fact, the second coming is the most prophetically talked about event in the Bible. So how is Bible prophecy relevant? Well, because we, we can trust it. We can trust what it says that when God says he's going to return, He will return, and that focuses our lives to what's important.
1: It certainly does, and when you say 109 distinct prophecies, what you mean is there are 300 prophecies, but some of them are repetitive. So, for instance, David and other prophets indicated that the Messiah would be crucified, that he would be lifted up, that his hands would be pierced, even before crucifixion was a form of execution. And so if you say, well, those are repetitive, all right, so 109 distinct and unique prophecies. An example, Nathan, I love what you say about the prophecies pointing to Jesus' first coming. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it talks about him being born in Bethlehem. And not just any Bethlehem, because there was more than one little town of Bethlehem in Jesus' day and age. But the word says Bethlehem Ephrathah. It's like saying somebody's going to be born in Springfield. Or are they talking Springfield, Massachusetts, Springfield, Illinois, Springfield, Kentucky? I think every state has a Springfield in the Union. Yes. But it was very specific, and Jesus fulfilled those prophecies. You know, I've heard people claim, well, I believe that all of the first coming prophecies were fulfilled literally, but I don't think the second coming prophecies will be fulfilled literally. Nathan, why would a person even be deluded in that regard? Well, it depends on how one interprets the Bible. There is a teaching
0: called amillennialism. It's the, to spiritualize the interpretation yeah, of Bible. A meaning
1: no millennium. Yeah,
0: no millennium. When we talk of millennium, the thousand-year kingdom of Christ, A means no, millennium means thousand years. And that interpretation of the spiritualizing of, of the Bible prophecy is to say, well, all those prophecies Uh, were fulfilled back in the Old Testament, or they were spiritually fulfilled when Christ died on the cross and was resurrected. But we here at Christ in Prophecy take a literal interpretation of the Bible. We believe that what the Bible says is what it means. And when Jesus Christ says not once, not twice, but three times in Revelation 22 that he is coming back, that he is coming back. Now, there is a prophecy that's extremely relevant to us today, Tim, and that's the rapture of the church, right?
1: Oh, it certainly is. And speaking of interpretation, I would just offer this. Our our founder, Dr. David Reagan, used to say, if the plain sense makes sense, then don't look for any other sense, lest you end up with nonsense. Mm. And so we always look for the plain sense of Scripture— We don't try to spiritualize it or come up with some fanciful interpretation. But yes, the promise of Jesus coming soon is something that should encourage us even in these dark days. You know, I mentioned in previous episodes about how Paul told his uh, young uh, protege, yeah, uh, follower Titus, that we should be looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. His coming again gives us hope. And so from my own background in the military, I can tell you, uh, they used to train us that if you ever get captured, maintain your hope, because if you lose hope, you lose the desire to live, you grow despondent, discouraged, depressed, even despairing, Mm. which means hopeless. So Jesus' coming is meant to give us hope, and all the prophecies pointing to his coming should give all that have put faith in him hope that, that he's coming soon. Now this begs a question, Nathan what did he mean by coming soon because it's been 2,000 years and he's still not here.
0: Yes and that trips up a lot of people because they mean soon they mean as humans see it right away but how God sees it is well God's eternal and for him a day is like as a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. And so when he says soon he's not actually giving a time, the Greek actually refers to a fast coming right away. So when Jesus does come, He's going to come right away. And, and we're learning in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 that when Jesus comes to rapture those who are saved up to heaven to be with him, it'll be like a flash, like a lightning bolt. It'll happen so fast. And that's a relevant prophecy, the rapture of the church, because that could happen at any minute. It could happen maybe before we've even done this broadcast. Yeah,
1: I'm ready to go. Yes. You know, it is something that will happen suddenly, and yet the disciples themselves understood that the time is near. Peter, in his first letter, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, says the end of all things is near. Paul, over and over again, was looking forward, as I just said, to the blessed hope, and he was anticipating Jesus coming soon, even in his day and age, because he recognized that God could orchestrate all the prophetic signs to be fulfilled very quickly. We live in a day and age when we're watching those signs being fulfilled and coming together, converging very quickly, a theme we're going to come back to again and again, and yet the Lord was not slow and is not being slow in keeping his promise that Jesus is coming. Why is the Lord tarrying even at this point? Because he wants everybody in the church age to be saved, who will be saved, to get
0: saved so they can be raptured with him. As we close out today's program, we're going to come back and give you a great word of encouragement, the blessed hope of Jesus's soon return.
1: Hi, this is Tim Moore, inviting you to join me on Saturday, March 2nd, for a one-day regional Bible conference called Everlasting to Everlasting. I'll be sharing prophetic insights from Genesis to Revelation alongside the president of the Institute for Creation Research, Dr. Randy Galiza. Join us in person at the ICR Discovery Center in Dallas, Texas, or you can watch the live stream from anywhere. For additional details, go to ChristinProphecy.org slash events. We've already observed that many people scoff at the idea that Jesus is coming again. In fulfillment of Peter's prophecy in chapter 3 of his second letter, they ask, where is the promise of his coming? And yet Peter assures us that the Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. I've said many times, if it was up to me, Tim Moore, the Lord would have already come. As a matter of fact, I was eager for His arrival in 1993 and thought there's no way we can live through the year 2000 before Jesus comes. The signs are multiplying too quickly. Well, folks, we got to the year 2000, and Jesus still tarried. In the year 2000, I thought, there's no way he can wait another 20 years because I'm ready for him to come now. But aren't you glad that it wasn't up to Tim Moore when Jesus Christ would come? Because had he come in 1993, or indeed in 2000, some of you might have been left behind. I'm so glad that it is not up to me, and it's not up to you. When Jesus Christ returns, it is up to the Father alone. Word says that the angels in heaven and even the Son do not know when the Father will say, Go and get your bride. What we do know is that that Word will happen in the fullness of time, and that Jesus will return at the appointed time, known only to the Father. The only question for us is whether you believe the Word of God. Do you believe that Jesus is coming again? Do you believe that He's coming for His church, and more importantly, perhaps for you as an individual is he coming for you? You know, none of us has promised another day, not another hour. If you're driving down the road right now, you may not even reach your destination. I pray that you do. But the Lord may come for you at any moment. So the question that is eternal in significance and importance is, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord? Is he your Savior? If he is, then he's coming as your blessed hope. And that will happen soon or later. But eventually and inevitably, if you don't know him as Lord and Savior, then when he comes or when you step out of this life, he will be your holy terror because the wrath of God will abide on you. So today, if you're listening to this message, I would urge you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Recognize that he has come already to die for your sins and for mine. And by trusting in him and saying, Lord, I repent, I turn away from my my sinful past and I accept that you have indeed covered over all of my sins through your shed blood, through your sacrificial death. And I trust eternally that you will bring me into heaven, into a relationship with God Almighty, and that I will have eternal life in Christ. I pray that that is your prayer today. And I look forward to seeing you again next week here on Christ in Prophecy. Godspeed.